0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Amen. Well, welcome once again. I'm so glad you're here. If it is your first time here, uh, we're, we're thankful that you're here to worship with us. Also, um, we would love to make a donation in your name, so you're welcome to stop by Guest Central right after service, and we would love to do that for you. We also have a gift for you there. Can you put your hands together for our first-time guest? All right, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, and then put your finger there, unless it's digital, because that'd be hard to do. And also go to Revelation chapter number one. And then don't turn there, but I'm going to talk to you out of Genesis chapter three for a minute. So in order to understand anything in the Bible and anything about Jesus, there is a necessity for you to understand a certain concept. That concept is kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Kingdom is a topic that is not discussed as often as probably it could or should be. And one of the challenges, one of the reasons why is because we do not live in a kingdom in America. We live in a democracy. We live, uh, we live in a democracy where effectively we vote in and vote out our leaders. And those leaders are supposed to represent us And, and we vote in who we want to do what we want done. But a kingdom is not that. A kingdom is not, is not an area where you vote the king in. And it is not an area where you can vote the king out. It is a, it is a, a, a word that is comprised of a couple of different words. And it effectively discusses a king's domain or a king's dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion. Dominion's critical because dominion is one of the first things that God gave man whenever mankind was created. Because everything the Bible says that is seen comes from the unseen world. We did not create God. Come on, somebody. God created us. So everything that is seen comes from the invisible So what the kingdom of God represents is a powerful picture because you have the unseen realm where our God rules and reigns, and then now you have the seen realm, effectively for you and me, it's planet earth, where he has orchestrated it so that everything was created for his children to rule and reign over. In other words, the Bible says that God created planet Earth, created all the animals, got them all ready to go. And then he told Adam, then he created Adam. And the Bible says that he created him. In other words, he designed him in his likeness and in his image. In other words, God, whenever you get to heaven and you meet Jesus, he's going to look a lot like you. He's going to have 10 fingers, 10 toes, two ears, one nose. You're not going to get up there and, and see some mystical creature that is Jesus no he is the son of God and he is the son of man so the Bible says that God created man in his likeness and image and then the Bible says that he formed man so God when he created man effectively in his image God is a spirit you had the spirit of man that was created but the problem is on planet earth a spirit does not have authority here What has authority here is humanity. The Bible says that he created uh, man in his likeness and image. Then the Bible says that he formed him from the dust of the earth. When he formed him from the dust of the earth, then the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils. In other words, the spirit of God dwelt on the inside of man and now man that was given the authority now had the power to walk in that authority. Because God said mankind has the authority and authority literally means you are authorized and authorized means that the author gave you the ability to utilize whatever they have. So if you go and and you're writing a book report, everybody that's in college, you go and write a book report and and you're you're writing it out and you're copying and pasting all the stuff from one book into your report, you are doing something called plagiarizing and you do not have the authority to use the author's information that is copywritten when they write it. But if you are authorized to use it, now you can use every bit of it. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we sing some songs around here. We really like praise and worship. Matter of fact, do you love our praise and worship team at all? Don't they do a good job? I don't know if you know this, but all the songs that we sing, they are copywritten. Somebody wrote those songs. Somebody wrote the music to those songs. And we, as a church, we pay a fee to have the authority to utilize those songs. And when we do that, now we are authorized to use what somebody else wrote. Are you with me? When God told Adam, you now have dominion on planet earth, he gave him the authority to use something that he didn't write in this arena. Instead of being here as a lifeless uh, pile of mud, he was literally walking filled with the power of almighty God on the inside of him. He had complete authority and dominion In other words, whenever a a zebra walked by He said, I like your stripes, I'm going to call you a zebra And then this fat animal walked by He said, I like you, you're kind of chubby I'm going to call you a hippo And he gave all the animals their names And if God would have ever stopped him And said, hold on a minute, Adam Why did you name that one hippo? He said, well, I like how it looks How about you name one, Dad? God would have had to say, no, son I don't have dominion here You have dominion here because the Bible says this, God gives his gifts without repentance. Now you have to understand definitions in order to understand anything coming out of my mouth today. If I say repentance, it does not mean crying at the altar. It doesn't even mean saying, I'm sorry. Repentance means to change how you think or what you do. That means if I'm walking towards that drum set and I repent, I turn away from the drum set and I walk a different direction. That's why the entire time that John the Baptist preached and then Jesus preached, they constantly said this, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. You can reach it. Repent, in other words, to change your mindset. God's original intention and still is, Because he doesn't change Was not just for you to go to heaven It was not just for you to get beat up For 120 years here And then you get evacuated And live with the angels God's original plan For you and for me Was to have dominion and authority Right here he took Adam, he formed him out of the dust of the earth, he breathed. Now the reason it was so important that he breathed the, the, the breath of God into him was because that was the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him. And the Holy Spirit, listen how strong the Holy Spirit is, that's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Come on, that's dwelling on the inside of you as a spirit-filled believer of Almighty God. That's filling you on the on the constant. That's making you have the actual power to walk in the dominion that God actually gave you. Well, then the Bible says that Adam and Eve, they missed the mark. The scripture says that they they were told, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, the Bible says they will surely die if they do it. So the devil comes to Eve and says, you will not surely die. If you eat that, you'll be like God. Now, a half truth is a whole lie. In one characteristic, he was right because you will be like God. You'll know right and wrong. But on the other side, you will die. Now, the challenge is this. There was another tree in the garden. The Bible calls it the tree of life. And at that point, the minute that Adam and Eve sinned, now all of a sudden, come up here for a second, Jake, I'll meet you down here. So, so let's picture, uh, we'll call Jake God and we'll call me Adam, even though that's weird. Okay, here we go. <laughs> when, when Adam and Eve before they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was no distinction between God and Adam. He could be as close to the Lord as he wanted. He could he could walk with him and talk with him and did. It was very common for Adam to walk in the evening with God and they would go through the garden and if if Adam saw an animal he hadn't named yet, he'd just named the animal on the fly and it was a beautiful place and he, he got hungry, he'd just stop and have a piece of fruit and then all of a sudden, boom, there was a separation by sin that caused the chasm to come between God and Adam. Now the problem is now me as Adam, I am tainted by sin. You have God over there that's perfect, even though he doesn't look perfect. Come on, somebody. We have have a separation, a distinct separation. Well, if you have something that is dirty and it touches something that is clean, the clean thing is now marked. God would no longer be holy and righteous. So what happened is God said, hey, we got to get Adam and Eve out of this garden because if they go eating of the tree of life, listen to this, they'll be forever separated from me and I don't want them to be forever separated from me. You can sit down. Y'all give Jacob a big hand. So what happens is, is God institutes the greatest rescue mission that the world has ever seen, and the Bible says that that uh, He looked and He came walking through the garden, and He said He said this He said, Adam, where are you? And I said everything I said up to now to get to that point. God doesn't ask you a question He doesn't know the answer to. The Bible says that Adam and Eve heard God coming. Come on, when you're under conviction, God is terrifying and should be. But when you're filled with the power and the love of God and you know who you are, it doesn't matter how big our God is, we know he's on our side. I remember I had a big friend when I grew up. His name was Roy Chad. He was like six foot six. 300 and something pounds, played offensive line for Stephen F. Austin. And this guy was humongous. And most people were intimidated by him, but not me, because we were friends. And if you're friends with the strong one. So Adam and Eve were terrified and God is walking. Now he didn't ask Adam, where are you? As if he didn't know. And he wasn't asking Adam like geographically, where are you? He said, Adam... Listen where have you gone You were supposed to be here with kingdom authority and dominion but for some reason now you are here You are I placed you over sin I placed you in authority I placed you with dominion and power and authority in this region. And now you are hiding behind creation. I created you to have authority over everything that grows and you're hiding behind what grows. They covered themselves in fig leaves. And Adam, he says, well, you know, that woman you gave me, (laughs) she fed me this fruit and I just ate it. And here we are naked. true story. And Adam is blaming Eve and God looks over at Eve and it almost sounds like he's taking it out on her. But he says this, he says, he says, what happened? She said, the serpent beguiled me, tricked me. And he said, well, here's what's going to happen to the snake. The snake's going to rub its belly on the ground and eat dirt for the rest of its days. And the snake is going to have its head crushed by the seed of the woman. In other words, God was going to use the very thing that everybody blamed to rescue everybody. So you have Adam and Eve with total dominion and total authority. You have the plan of God prophesied all the way back in Genesis chapter number three. And as the plan of God is prophesied in Genesis chapter number three, we begin to see it spill and fold out and, and unfold all over the pages of history. But you can't understand any of it if you can't understand kingdom. Because the Bible says, open your Bible. So let's go to Revelation one and verse five real quick. Revelation 1 and verse 5 says, From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, listen to this, and the prince of the kings of this world. Now, that word prince could have been translated, and I believe should have been translated from the original text, the word ruler. Because prince indicates under a king. It wasn't trying to indicate that Jesus was subordinate or underneath the kings of this world. It was trying to indicate that he is the ruler of the kings of this world. Then the scripture says, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath, listen to this part, made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what happened is, is when you got born again, you have been put back in the position that God originally had you in on planet earth. He puts you on planet earth to have dominion and authority. He puts you on planet earth to be a king. Now don't get hung up on the fact that I'm using a male reference here. When the Bible says man, most of the time, it's not talking about male, it's talking about mankind. So when I say king, if you're a lady, you can just throw queen in there, that's fine with me. But he said he's made you to be kings and priests under the Most High God. That means if you're a believer on Jesus Christ, You are not some old sinner just trying to get to heaven. I'm going to slow down for a few minutes because I really want you to hear this. And those that take this, you're going to have the greatest year of your life. You were made in the image and likeness of God. The spirit of God was in Adam. The spirit of God had to leave Adam because the spirit of God cannot stay in an unclean vessel. But when you got born again, the blood of Jesus has washed you clean from the inside out. And now you are the perfect residence for the spirit of almighty God. And you are a king and a priest in the eyes of God that's why you always and it can it can be calloused and it can be sequestered but that's why you have this drive on the inside of you to do more that's why you have this drive on the inside especially when you get born again have you ever noticed when people like get born again like the first month is like the greatest month ever because they just believe god for everything And then for, then like you get saved for 10 years and all of a sudden you start trying to think, oh, well, I got to figure some of this stuff out myself. And the person that just got saved, they're like getting miracle after miracle after miracle because they just believe God because they were in that place like Adam was. They were hiding behind the leaves. And then all of a sudden they found out that there's a savior that would rescue them. And when they get rescued, now all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, I'm not what I was. Now all of a sudden I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, it's not like you, you, you had this check mark of, do you want to choose life or death? Everybody would choose life. If you're not in Jesus, you're dead already. If you're not in Christ, you are already expired. You just have not crossed over yet. That's why for believers like you and me, we are not on a a mission to hand out ballots, to ask people to vote life or death. We are on an all-out rescue mission to try to pull people out of the stench and the drowning nature of sin into the ark of our salvation, Jesus Christ himself, so that we can actually make a difference. Because you're not called to be just anybody, you're called to be a king and a priest right here, right now. That means when you start talking, you ought to sound like a king. When you you believe God, you ought to believe God like the answer is already yes and amen. You ought to trust God with every fiber of your being. You ought to stand on the word of God in the face of any and all adversity. You know, a king doesn't walk around scared of problems. A king walks around solving problems. We don't vote presidents and and senators and mayors and stuff like that. We don't vote for people because we don't want them to have problems. We vote for people that will help fix the problems. So when you're a king, you stop running from all the problems and you start saying stuff like this. I count it all joy to be a partaker of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Because as a king and a priest, there is a massive authority on your shoulders. Now, here's the thing. It's whether or not you believe it, not whether or not it's true. Because if you believe it, you'll experience it. And if you don't, you won't. If you believe it, you will experience. But if you do not, you will not. And then you'll sit in the corner and you will say, it doesn't work for me. But the truth is, it was your unbelief that killed the seed of faith in your life. And as a king and a priest under the most high God with the authority given by the author of the universe to have dominion on planet earth, it's now a time and a season to begin to walk just like God called us to walk and begin to everywhere we put our foot, possess it. Now, what that means is when you walk on the job site, you possess where you stand. Well, how does that happen? It just means that you don't stand by the water cooler backbiting and talking about the boss all day. It means you don't walk on the job site and spend half the day telling your coworker about how mean your wife is. I should have saved this for Wednesday, Jake. (laughs) It means you don't walk on the job site and start complaining about, about how your husband doesn't want to talk to you at the end of the day. If you got time enough to complain about them, you got time enough to work it out with them. But what happens is, is you start walking in authority and everywhere you go, you start, you start walking like a king. You start talking like a king. You start believing God like a king and and, and you start believing God and and don't get it twisted. You know, Jesus is, listen to this, the king of who you think the kings are. Well, you think there's kings on Mars? We got plenty, we got things over here driving around. They act like a big deal because they found something might look like a worm from a million years ago. There ain't no people walking around on Mars. Ain't no people walking around on the moon. Ain't no people walking around on the sun. The Bible says you're a king and a priest and he is the ruler of the kings. That means you are a part, it's so beautiful, you're a part of a royal priesthood. It takes time to work this out, but you gotta start getting a picture of kingdom, or you're just gonna be frustrated the rest of your life singing, Swing Low, sweet chariot. Come on, Lord again. I love the song, Carry Me Home. But then by the time you realize it, it'll be too late once you get the revelation that this whole time he wanted you to walk in authority. Not arrogant, not ugly, not haughty, not any of those things, but like our King Jesus does. Amen. Jesus never, ever, never, ever walked around like he was less than. He always walked around like he was the son of God. Glory. And you who were dead in your trespasses have been made sons of God. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise right there. Flip over to Ephesians chapter number two. You gotta understand kingdom to get anything in this Bible. Listen very carefully because I don't want this misquoted when you tag it on Instagram. The cross of Calvary was the finished work of Christ but it was the entry point for you. The cross of Calvary was the finished work of Christ. It is finished, but it was the entry point of you. So when you come through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are now a citizen of a new kingdom. And that kingdom has culture, that kingdom has processes, That kingdom has procedures. Listen to this. That kingdom's got some rights. You live here in College Station or Bryan or the surrounding area. If if there's a crime going on, you're not necessarily responsible to go and try to stop the crime. You're responsible to call the authorities of the region that you have the right to call because of where you are a citizen of. That's why it says, having done all to do stand. Because when there is an illegal act happening against you or your family member, I'll just name a few. If you have a sickness trying to get on your body, if you think God put it on you, God ain't going to get it off of you. If you have, if your finances are not where you want them to be and you think God is trying to make you poor, God's not going to bless you in that way because that is not faith in what his word actually says, which says, I want to bless you and you're coming in and you're going out. Everything you touch, I want to prosper. Brethren, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. If, if you're going through challenges and you're railing your fists blaming God... You have the adversary, the devil, sitting over in the corner laughing at the fact that you're blaming the one who can actually help you. So what happens, though, is just like if you're a citizen of the Brazos Valley, you can call the Brazos County Sheriff Department. Whenever there is an illegal act coming against you, it's not necessarily your job to grab the devil by the neck and choke him because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's your job to report the crime. And then all of a sudden, because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, now all of a sudden, the rights that come with that kingdom means that the first responders of the kingdom of heaven then start working on your behalf. God is not trying to get you to kick the devil every day. He's trying to get you to stand in the face of all of it, knowing that the shield of faith will block the the fiery darts that come your way. But these are some of the rights of a citizen of this kingdom. And when you have rights, that doesn't necessarily mean that you exercise them. You can have something and never experience it. My grandfather was a a Pentecostal preacher, shocker, for almost 60 years. Over in East Texas, they had seven kids. My dad tells me plenty of stories of of growing up and and not wearing shoes to, to school and all kind of stuff. Dirt poor, other side of the tracks. But, but holy, loved God. Not right about everything. Got a lot of revelation in their, in their latter years, as all of us do. But one of the things is when they were in real dire straits, they started getting these checks from an oil company in the mail from over right around uh, Louisiana. And my grandfather, being an honest man, said, I don't own any land near Louisiana. I barely own the land I'm standing on. And he sent the checks back. And for months and months and months this happened till finally the checks stopped coming. And all of a sudden he got a letter in the mail that indicated or got notified that, that what actually took place is the company that was sending them the royalty checks for the oil and gas that was on that that was coming out of that property. Because they had improved the land and because the, the rightful heir, even though he didn't know he was the rightful heir, kept denying his rights to the royalties, they now own the land because of squatter's rights. Only to find out after that, he researched it and he had a great uncle that was a card player. And that great uncle won that piece of property in a card game and later got shot down while he was being a rascal. In other words, my grandfather was the only surviving heir to that property, and it was his legal right to have those royalties, but because he didn't know it, he never walked in it. You can have the legal right to something and never walk in it. And when you find out you have the authority, that's step one. Step two is walking in it. Step two is saying what God says about you when it doesn't feel like you're seeing it come to pass. Step one is believing it. Step two is choosing to walk in it and become what God has called you to be. Because as a king and a priest unto our God, you have magnificent rights. Let me tell you why why, why devils and demons always try to possess people. Because spirits don't have authority here. They're always trying to oppress or possess somebody to get them to do something. When we see these, these, these mass crimes and, 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 and huge things that happen, that's not just a human being doing that. That's a person that is manipulated by the evil power of darkness. The Bible calls the devil, not only the prince of the power of the air, he also calls him the prince or the ruler of this of this world. And when you're not in Jesus Christ, you are literally subject to that ruler. But the minute you get in Jesus Christ, remember God said, Adam, where are you? All of a sudden, when you get in Jesus Christ, you are placed back in that place of dominion, power and authority that you were in, in the very be- that God intended in the very beginning. The challenge is you got to walk in it. And let me tell you another little secret. The voice in your head that is constantly talking you out of faith sounds like you. But it's not. You've got to get to the place where you recognize no, I'm a I'm a new creature, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, I'm not some some improved version of myself, I'm a completely new thing now. If you're struggling with an addiction, listen, addiction and Jesus don't mix. You don't, you don't need less tobacco. You need more Jesus. Amen. Come on. You don't need less marijuana. You need more Jesus. Or whatever your vice is. You need more Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and, and, and things that kill you don't mix. Jesus Christ and things that lead your family astray don't mix. Jesus Christ and adultery don't mix. If you got eyes for another woman, you need to fix your eyes on the one whose eyes burn like fire and he'll burn all that nonsense out of you. You need to get more Jesus in your life. You got some rights in this thing. You got some authority in this thing. I can always tell when I'm going to another level because the devil tempts me with something else. It happened recently. Just a different temptation. Something I'm like, well, I never had that thought before. I am about to graduate. Praise the Lord. But you got to take that temptation, the Bible says, and cast down every vain imagination, any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. One translation says you violently throw it to the ground and arrest it. I like to picture it when I'm doing it. I like to picture that thought coming in my head and I grab it and I throw it to the ground and I stick my neck on it. I say, how you like that? You twisted thought. You ain't running me. I'll never quit. I'll never back up. I came to this thing to fight, not not to fight. I came in here to wage war. I came in here to shout at walls. I came in here to lay hands on the sick. I came in here to believe God for victory. I came in here to have authority in this region. It's a season of change. It's a season of power, but you're never going to walk in it if you don't know who you are. Who you are is a king and a priest unto our, unto almighty God himself. And in that, realm, in that realm, you have some massive rights and some massive authority. But if you don't walk in it, you'll just think it doesn't work. But the Bible says my people perish, come on somebody, for a lack of knowledge. Doesn't say a lack of the Holy Ghost. I know some people feel with the Holy Ghost nutty as a fruitcake. They can speak in tongues till they're blue in the face. but They can't balance a checkbook. No offense, but it's the truth. I know some other people, sharp as attack, that deny the power of the Holy Spirit. What we got to do is get these things merged together. We don't come to God and like park our brain at the door. But we don't come to God and tell God our brain has the final authority. This book has the final authority. And if that word of God says it, that settles it. Amen. Come on, let's say that together. If God's word says it, that settles it. Now give God a hand of praise like you believe it. Just a few more verses here Ephesians 2. This is a, this is an epistle written to the church at Ephesus. He says you he hath quickened from the dead. He has quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Somebody say, That's me. I was dead. I was dead. I'm not dead. Amen. He quickened me. Oh, I'm just an old sinner. You keep confessing that. That's all you are. But He never said that's what you are. He says, I was dead. Now I'm alive. Wherein time passed, we walked according to the course of the world. According to the prince of the power of the air. There's that word again. It's all about kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness that you were bound to. And the kingdom of life, life and light that he rescued you into. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. Can I just say it differently? Everybody's had their moments. everybody's had their moments stop cherry-picking the sin you don't like and condemning everybody that did it sin is sin is sin is sin is sin is sin and any 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 one sin is enough to separate you from god but one drop of his precious blood Oh, you know, I was a sinner, but I never did that. What does that even mean? I'll tell you what it means. And I, I mean this respectfully. It means you're a jerk. That's what it means. It means that you think your sin was not as bad as their sin. And the Bible's very clear about that kind of stuff. It says the people who realize they've been forgiven of much, we love a lot. Oh, well, I never did this. I never did that fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and whereby nature we were the children of wrath even like other people but God mm, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins He's quickened us together with Christ. It's by grace that you're saved. There's another reference that says, by grace you're saved lest any man should boast. Speaking of the new year, new decade. One of the greatest things we could remember is that it wasn't about you in the beginning. And it's still not. It's all about him. You are a benefit. You are a beneficiary of the gospel. You are benefiting from him. And when you were dead in sin, he still loved you. That means... The person at the grocery store that you're always frustrated about because of how they look or they act or whatever, he loves them as much as he loves you. The person at work. You know what I found? I found people that I have an immediate disdain for. Usually God has something for me and them in the future. And that little edge is the enemy Trying to stop that relationship from happening. But before you ever said yes to him, he said, I love you. Before you ever began to turn towards him, he said, I love you. Quickened us, saved by grace. I love this. Verse 6. Last verse of the day. And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Somebody say kingdom. You know, when you have a, like a governor race, you'll have the incumbent. And if they get beat by a challenger, it's called they have been unseated by a challenger. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and they bit that fruit, the enemy had unseated them. And they were thrown to be less than and not the head, to be under and not above. And God walked in and said, Adam, where are you? years and years later Jesus would come and pay the price and he said not only have you been raised up but now you are back seated where you once were and the blood of Jesus is sufficient not just to get you there but to keep you there. The Bible says, even the righteous fall seven times. Jake, way more than that. Just today. That's a joke. Where are you? Oh, I'm just a sinner. That's not what the word says. Now, if you're not a Christian, you are. You are just a sinner and you are dead in your sins. And and crossing over into eternity will not be pleasant. But as a believer, you have been raised up with Christ and seated. I don't know about you, but whenever you you're you're working on something and and like you you have you have to tighten it. Sometimes you have to tighten bolts and stuff to a certain torque, to a certain foot pound of torque. Some of y'all are looking at me like, okay, you lost me. What are you even talking about? But sometimes you'll, you'll tighten and you'll feel, you'll feel the seal or the O-ring or the gasket get seated. And when you are seated, now the leak stops. He said, he said, he's quickened us. Adam, where are you? I put you here. Where are you? And Jesus came back and fulfilled the whole thing.
0: And we've been raised with him and seen it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.